0: to you all my name's Ross if we haven't met and it's great to spend this morning together remembering uh, what Christmas is all about that what Jesus did in coming to earth uh, what makes that so special so I'm going to pray now before we just consider that a little bit deeper would you please pray with me dear father we thank you for this time of year we thank you for family we thank you for presents uh, flashing lights and Lord remembering what you've done for us in coming to earth as a baby Lord, we pray this morning you would teach us more about that, help us to know you better and appreciate what you've done for us through coming into this earth, through lowering yourself to be made man. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it would be pretty cool to have a birth like Jesus, you know, to have all the attention all around you, to be um, uh, remembered for thousands of years. But even as we look at some of the things, the stars, the lights, the stables, the nativity scene that goes on, it's kind of like it's a pretty exciting time to be born. Now for me, it makes my life feel pretty ordinary and feel pretty plain and that I've missed out, in a sense, on the, all the good things that happened to Jesus. You can imagine Jesus growing up and going to school and saying things like, hey, where were you born? I was born in a manger. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool story to say at show and tell. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had any friends born on the side of the road, but it's that kind of story. It's unusual. It's you're born in a manger. It's awesome. That's crazy in a sense. Uh, my mum, when she my mum, when I was born, was a virgin. He, they could say that'd be a good story to say at show and tell. I'm not sure if mum would be too interested in that one. But he'd have lots of cool stories to tell. Uh, Jesus. Um, it makes my life seem pretty plain and ordinary, Because he was a first child, we all know first children get the most attention. You know, most photos get given to the first. The second child, they try and compare, try and match it by the time later children come. You know, it's, the novelty's worn off. Just another child. But Jesus was a first child. He was special, got all the attention. Uh, he, he could say to people, did you know what my name means? You know, my name's Jesus. Say it in the schoolyard, my name's Jesus. Do you know what that means? It means I'm going to save you from your sins to his mates at school. You say, at home, they also call me Emmanuel. You know what that means? God with us. You know, this is who I am. So he's got these cool names given to him as well. So for me, I feel pretty ordinary compared to Jesus, pretty plain in that I don't, Uh, necessarily know what his experience would have been. See, I was born in a standard hospital room, no on the side of the road stories. It was all, as far as I know, it all happened on time, no complications, it was all pretty standard. I'm a number three child. I'm from the forgotten uh, children's uh, spot of just going, remember me, remember I'm the one tagging along. Uh, I'm also child of the 70s, uh, Gen X which is uh, one of the biggest, was the biggest generations of children born in Australia, so I was basically given a number. You know, it was that sort of time in history. But to top it off, I I was fortunate to be given a name by my parents, my name is Ross. And I'm not sure whether you know what Ross means. You know, you're thinking Jesus, saving people from sins, Emmanuel, God with us. Ross, the keeper of the horses. See, I'm the guy with the shovel that just, you know, looks after the horses out the back. I'm the stable guy. Not necessarily stable up here, but I'm the stable guy walking after the animals, cleaning up their mess. That's who I am. So when I see the nativity scene, I'm not sure whether you guys play these games, but I often play these games of if I was there, who would I be in that story? Whether it's any story... But for the nativity scene, you've got uh, Mary Joseph, baby Jesus, you've got the wise men, you've got uh, shepherds, you've got all this action happening around you. And I look at the nativity scene, see amazing things, the supernatural happening. So there's the angels proclaiming the birth of Jesus, that he is going to come and save people from their sins. It's it's supernatural that you would see an angel like that. It was prophesied, so people looking up their, their Old Testament, seeing Isaiah, seeing um how he's saying there's one going to be born uh, emmanuel god with us so there's this anticipation of this baby and who it's going to be the foreigners come that's the uh the wise men and government officials from other countries they come bearing gifts they bow down and worship this baby they bring gifts of gold and incense and myrrh amazing gifts Now I'm also in that nativity scene somewhere and I go, which one would I be? And I'm in every nativity scene, but you might not see me. See, I'm the guy with the shovel out the back. (laughs) I'm not one of those characters. See, when you go home, if you look at your nativity scene or the scene in the foyer, it's nice and clean, isn't it? There's no poo, animal poo anywhere. So there's gotta be a Ross somewhere in your nativity scene making sure it's nice and tidy. See, I'm away from the action. I'm not living that, supernatural kind of life so it makes the whole thing with Jesus uh, very like is this a real baby that I can relate to does he grow up into a man that I can know or is he different different to me how can I relate to him if he's that sort of person see often we can feel like that that Jesus has come into the world as some kind of superhero. He does these amazing things, these amazing miracles. He heals people, Uh, he helps people, goes out to the poor and the needy. But where is he when I need him? Sometimes he feels very distant. See, sometimes I think we're guilty of maybe over romancing romanticizing the whole nativity scene things and i do appreciate the lights and everything up here this morning i'm not sure whether the stable had these kind of lights and uh, did it all happen you know just on the first night all these questions did jesus cry was his nappy pooey you know all those sort of things you don't see that that side of things uh, in the nativity scene or to jesus but yet the message uh, we read from a gospel of matthew where matthew himself wants to record the events of jesus and he certainly doesn't uh over romanticize what is going on he wants to make us see who the real jesus is that he come into a family come into a world that was broken had lots of problems and he made himself a part of it so if you got your bible there just flip back one page if you haven't that's all right it's only the previous chapter in early in chapter one we started in late chapter one we see the genealogy of jesus so matthew will say look this is the world that he was born into matthew chapter one verse one a record of the genealogy genealogy of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham So this is his roots. This is the family that he comes from. The son of David, which is King David, the greatest king that Israel ever had. That's good to have kind of in your family tree. You know, I was related to someone famous like that. But he's sort of halfway through the genealogy. We can go back further, the father of the uh, son of Abraham. So Abraham was the father of this nation or this family. And from there on, you can go through the genealogy and look at the lives of those people through uh, early in the old testament but just to look at the couple we see abraham the father of this family he's not a guy that's got it all together he had his own family issues particularly marriage issues he passed his sister off uh, his wife off as his sister unusual thing to do slept with the maid and had other concubines or other girlfriends you might say and you go well That's not the ideal relationship we want heading up our family, but that's him. We go on, uh, we won't go through everybody, but we see them uh, as just a bunch of liars and murderers and sex offenders. And when you know the stories, that's within their own family. They're lying against each other, they're murdering each other and doing inappropriate things to each other within their own family. They have not got it all together. Uh, There's a couple of uh, in-laws mentioned in the genealogy you know a sex worker and people have been married before you know, so they're not the perfect people they're bringing into the the family tree so Matthew's not pretending Jesus coming into the perfect family has got it all together they're a broken family particularly we haven't mentioned David David the king the one that we all go wow he's the amazing king that's the one we want to mention king david he actually matthew even points out uh where he says in verse 6 of chapter 1 there he says jesse the father of king david david was the father of solomon whose mother had been uriah's wife just happens to throw in this little bit even the family tree breaks down remember that thing david did with another lady who was married to another man how he seduced her got her into the palace she fell pregnant not only that but he arranged the murder of her husband so he could become she could become david's wife david's the pin-up boy it's like this is just getting messier and messier but yet this is not only the family jesus is coming into this is the world jesus is coming into a world of brokenness so when jesus gets born does everything get better well we saw in the story where Jesus gets born uh, as King, future King of His people, someone who's going to save His people, but yet other people didn't think that too too kindly. See, he wasn't a king that was born in a palace with lots of guards around him. You pick up the uh, verse in verse three of chapter two, where it said, "King Herod." When King Herod heard this, the king, uh, the Roman king that was there, heard that Jesus, this future King, was being born, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. only talking about the Jewish leaders who lived in Jerusalem. They're all disturbed. Who is this king? He's only a baby that's been born, but we've heard about him, heard great expectations about him. But we want to get rid of him. So for Herod, Herod wanted him dead so bad that he went to Jerusalem, killed all the young-born children, young-born boys, uh, that he wanted him so bad And Jesus, with Mary and Joseph, had to flee to Egypt. Got that little bit at the end of the reading. It's like, this is not the comfortable, let's set up our family here, this is going to be nice, Uh, you know, the nice backyard and everything. Let's flee to Egypt because we're fearing for our lives. Egypt, you might remember, when we think of uh, how did that go with God's people, with Israelites, Uh, Egypt enslaved the Israelites many hundreds of years earlier. So Egypt is kind of like the enemy. If you were going to run from Herod, you'd find somewhere safe. And the safest place for them to go is the other enemy's place in Egypt. You can imagine growing up in Egypt. (coughs) Excuse me. So when uh, here we have the privilege of being a church family. We have lots of babies born here. And when we have babies born, uh, often when they get baptised, we get our congregation members to stand up and promise that they will help raise the children. Uh, Raise them to know and love Jesus Christ. It's a great thing we do as a church family. That whole thing—it takes a village to raise a child. But for Mary and Joseph to run to Egypt, you can imagine for for Jesus growing up there. If he if he told one of his Egyptian mates, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm a Jew and King of the Jews," he'd probably get beaten up by by the Egyptian boys. Or if he found another Jew there hiding out in Egypt somewhere, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm you know who I am, King of the Jews." in fear of getting daubed in back to Herod and then they'd come and hunt him down. Talk about life on the run, no place to rest your head, living in fear that something's going to come in on you at any time. This is the childhood of Jesus, running away. In fact, that was Herod chasing him, the Jews chased him, they wouldn't give up on him, not ever. They continued, even when Jesus grew up to be a man, a teacher, a miracle worker, They continually hounded him. They wanted to get rid of him. So much so they'd always have arguments with him, try and discredit him, try and get him locked up, put in jail, try to get him killed till ultimately one day they got their way. Had Jesus arrested, the amazing trial of injustice, all these lies put up, even was found not guilty, they still killed him anyway. But the Jews got their way. They mocked him, had him flogged. So he got the rough end of the deal there. There was nothing privileged about the life of jesus there was nothing fair about his life not like we see the romantic stories of him being as a baby and matthew tells us these stories to draw us closer to jesus he was a real grew up as a real person with real life issues the book of hebrews a bit later on in the new testament explains uh, in hebrews chapter 2 Because Jesus, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. It's like he's not that supernatural superhero person that we can't relate to, but he's actually walked in our shoes. He's actually gone before us, seen the trials of life, seen the hurts of life, and actually lived through them himself. He's felt the joys and celebrated the joys, but he's also felt the pain and know what life's really all about. See when I think where's Jesus? <coughs> Excuse me. Where's Jesus? Feel feels so far. <coughs> it's like Jesus knows what I'm going through. Whether it's family issues, he had family issues. Whether it's work issues, he had work issues. Whether it's feeling rejected, whether it's feeling like your friends have abandoned you, the same thing happened to him. Whether it's feeling pain and why is this, why is this world hurt so much? He's been there too. But being the king and ruler he's not only been there before us but he opens us he frees the way for us to live through that because he's conquered all those things if we trusted in him even our biggest threat even death that when he was killed he didn't stay dead he rose from the grave he beat death to show that he's not uh, just any one of us he lived the perfect life he lived as a son of God he was raised to perfection to show that he could defeat death. He is truly God and one we can trust. He's not some distant God that people think religion is all about. He's the one who came and lived the life for us. He's not some philosophy that that tries to comfort us or make us feel better, but he's an actual man, the one we celebrate as a baby but grew up, the one we can follow and trust. That He did have authority over all things, continues to have authority over all things, even death. And he will one day come to bring us home with him, to raise us from the dead, to bring us to him in heaven. He is someone we can trust because he knows me. He knows what I've been through. He's not just the baby in the romantic story with the flashing lights. He's a person who lived life like we do. He's Emmanuel, God with us, and he's Jesus because he saved us from our sins. He saved us from our brokenness and makes us right. That's why we can celebrate the birth of Jesus. We do that with giving gifts. We do that with good food. And I hope you get a chance to do that today as you celebrate that with family. But also remember to spend some time out, to spend some time with Jesus. Say, look, these are things I've got going on in my life. And I know you've been through all that. Can you guide me as well? And I'm going to trust you in that. Let me pray. Dear Father, we do thank you for being a good and loving God. We thank you that when we look to you, you're not some uh, superhero that's so different from us that we, we don't know or relate to or can't trust. But Lord, you lived the life before us. You walked the paths we walked. You suffered and lived and celebrated the same things we suffer, the same things we live through, the same things we celebrate. So Lord, thank you that you're a real God and you care about us so much that you came to earth You came to us, a world of brokenness, not to criticise us or curse us, but to make things right. So Lord, we pray this morning that you'd help us to celebrate Christmas in a positive way with family and friends, with gifts, with good times. But Lord, help us to remember that we can trust in you. We can know you, uh, not just for today, but for all eternity. We pray it in your name. Amen.